The following is a podcast brought to you by the faith community at the Torch Clock Tower Plaza in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, and Pastor Brett Swales, and is dedicated to continuing the work of Jesus peaceably, simply, together. The love of Jesus filling every heart. Welcome to the Walking Jesus podcast, where we discuss practical, actionable steps for walking with Jesus in a Christian life without confusion, hassle, or stress. I'm your host, Brett Swales, so let's get moving. Today's podcast is called Backsliding Away. You know, Catholics don't need to worry about backsliding. That is because they are always careening from one confession to the next in immediate danger of hellfire at any and all times. At least, so I thought when I was a practicing Catholic. Thomas Aquinas, or St. Thomas Aquinas, who lived from 1225 to 1274 A.D., defined mortal and venial sins in his work. It is known as Summa Theologica. I studied it at college. The reason I bring it up is that it is vitally important to Catholics, and yet I have found no scriptural basis for it whatsoever. Anyhow, if you die with a mortal sin on your soul, and it is unconfessed to a priest, you are going to hell. That's about the long and short of what Aquinas had to say. Most Catholics, I must here note, have a heavy burden to bear. They do not entertain the concept of backsliding. For them, it's either heaven or hell. Purgatory is in there someplace. Now, I'm not making fun. It's a real dilemma for the Catholic follower. So there is so much guilt, so much guilt in Catholicism. So, just what is an old-fashioned backslider to use Protestant concepts? Backslide. It's a verb. It's to relapse into bad ways or error. A comical headline has it, Converted Vegetarian Backslides into T-Bones. Synonyms. Relapse. Lapse. Regress. Weaken. To lose one's resolve, or to give in to temptation, to go astray, to leave the straight and narrow, or to fall off the wagon. In 1986, the Lord and I gave up two personal addictions, cigarettes and alcohol. Over the years, I started considering it my very own success in dealing with these addictions. It developed into a feeling of self-pride. It took me many years to recognize my own arrogance. However, at a critical point in her life, my elderly mother cried out for help. There, living in Tampa, Florida, a family member had started being physically abusive with her and my sister over a will. The result was a 2,000-mile trip to bring my now 86-year-old mother and my sibling to live in Pennsylvania in my house to start with. My mother arrived at my home in Lancaster with a bang. She had a strange way of walking. And then one afternoon there was a thud 
and a scream from upstairs and a call to 911. In the emergency room, the doctor said, I'm sorry, but it is a broken hip and she needs immediate surgery, followed by a hospital stay. That was followed by a long stay in a rehab unit and then the hospital once again for a drug reaction and then rehab again. Mom's daily phone call started with her speaking of neglect at the hospital and some delusional thinking on her part. My nerves were cooked. I tell you, the world will have its way with you. What did I do? Well, I started by having a glass of wine. Then the next night, a new glass of wine. Then finally, on the last night, I quit my drinking. There was no drunkenness on my part, but oh, what a discovery. My pride assured me I was still safe. But with my own drinking, I was giving a tacit approval, or a really bad example at any rate. And about the same time, my sibling got totally drunk, which continued sporadically until I confronted the problem. I was not completely successful either. My sibling continued drinking on and off. I found that my siblings and I all have a family curse, alcoholism. Our mother had it, that's for sure. Father, who passed in 1979, he had it too. My paternal grandmother had it, and so on. I was serving as a bad witness. Would you believe that the word backslider or backsliding does not appear in the New Testament? This is a question debated endlessly over the years. It is used at least as a concept in the Old Testament primarily when talking of Israel. The Jews, though they were God's chosen people, were continually turning their backs on him and rebelling against his word. That is why they were forced to make sacrifices for sin over and over again in order to restore their relationship with God, whom they had greatly offended. The Christian, some believe, accepted the perfect once and for all sacrifice of Christ, and therefore he needs, or she needs, no further sacrifice for sin. God himself has obtained our salvation for us in 2 Corinthians 5.21. And because we are saved by him, a true Christian cannot fall away so as not to return. Yet, we read that Christians do, in fact, sin. In the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, says, If we say that we have no sin... We are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But the Christian life is not to be identified by a life of sin. Now, how is that? It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Believers are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 We have the Holy Spirit in us producing good fruit, Galatians 5.22-23. A Christian life should be a changed life. Christians are forgiven no matter how many times we sin, 
but at the same time, Christians should live a progressively more holy life as they grow closer to Christ. We should have serious doubts about a person who claims to be a believer, yet lives a life that says otherwise. Yes, a true Christian who falls back into sin is still saved, but at the same time, a person who lives a life controlled by sin is not truly a Christian. Hmm. What about a person who denies Christ? The Bible tells us that if a person denies Christ, he never truly knew Christ to begin with. 1 John 2.19 declares, They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. A person who rejects Christ and turns his back on the faith, on the other hand, is demonstrating that he never belonged to Christ. 2 Timothy 2.11-13 says, Here is a trustworthy saying, If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. In conclusion, perhaps the answer to backsliding is reflection and prayer. Few people in their backsliding ways have ever actually denied Christ. They usually say that they have turned their backs on organized religion. Now for a time... I actually witnessed door-to-door. Some people just waved me away, saying that they were Catholic. I would usually ask as I walked across the lawn if they attended Mass on a regular basis, which most declined to answer. Staying away from Mass is yet another mortal sin, which most of those people did not want to hear. If you missed Easter Sunday, it was considered a case of de facto excommunication from the Catholic Church. Nobody wanted to hear that either. Most of the parish priests were just grateful to see returnees show back up again, and they treated them with open arms, albeit with admonitions to return to the sacraments, namely confession and communion. It is probably safe to say that both Catholic and Protestants treat those who return rather kindly. That is, on the other hand, how the churches themselves handle backsliding. In a manner, it is more like the parable of the prodigal son. In conclusion, again, the battle rages on, as the age of Christianity, we might note, peaked in the 1950s. Believe it or not, most people today are in a lapsed state or can be termed as backsliders, staying quietly at home on Sunday mornings, away from church services of every type. We are not encouraged to judge these fallen folks, but rather to witness to them. One thing is certain, however, lapsed Christians and backsliders will always be with us. How can we as a church reach out to them? Do we not have an obligation to do that very thing? Perhaps the jury is still out on the whole question of backsliding, 
both in how we think of it as well as how we choose to deal with it. This problem, if you do choose to think of it, is truly alive in the United States and to varying degrees other first world countries at the present point. I'm open to what you think. Drop me an email at brett.swales at gmail.com. The spelling is b-r-e-t-t dot s-w-a-i-l-e-s at gmail.com. Drop me an email and let me know. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by the faith community at The Torch, Clock Tower Plaza, Morgantown, Pennsylvania, and me, Brett Swales, and is dedicated to continuing the work of Jesus peacefully, simply, together. The love of Jesus filling every heart.